Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi everybody, it's time for the Ruck, uh, now our twice weekly uh, edition of the Times and Sunday Times Rugby podcast. We're coming to you today from our studios in downtown Auckland. We haven't actually found that town Auckland yet, but it's got to be around here somewhere. Uh, the Lions tour is off and running. Before we discuss it, uh, we should also say that uh, this is being beamed into the news headquarters uh, building at London Bridge. On Saturday, our colleagues were, were locked in while the terrorist incident and the aftermath was enacted all around them. And uh, very proud to say that our chief news sub-editor was caught up in it and uh, immediately went to the office and, and filed, and it was soon on the front page. That's what journalism is and what the best journalism uh, does and uh, maybe or maybe not that's better than uh, shaky pictures taken on someone's mobile. Uh, that's up to you to decide um, and also great scenes this morning in New Zealand of the resistance gatherings in London and, and Manchester. Thoughts with everyone who's affected. Uh, we'll be joined by Owen Slot soon to look ahead to the Lions-Auckland game. Um, Owen is just finessing his latest piece and his hair before coming on. He's the only man who wants to look great for radio. Um, I'm joined by Nick Kane, veteran uh, journalist, now of the rugby paper. Uh, Nick and I have seen a few things over the years. And uh, Nick, what did we see on Saturday evening? Uh, a one-score win over a second-class semi-professional team. Were we seeing jet lag and understandable disorganisation or should we already be panicking about these lions? I'm not sure that we should be panicking about them just yet, but it was an extremely disappointing performance. Uh, the jet lag side of things is something that seems to be uh, brought into the equation when, uh, when people don't do as well as expected. Uh, but a lot of the time in the modern game, uh, with you know professional standards, certainly in the super rugby side of things where they do a hell of a lot of travelling, it's not something that's often brought up as an issue anymore. Um, I think that in terms of organisation, I think that there's definitely, um, you know, the Lions have, uh, if not an excuse, they they certainly couldn't expect to be uh, fully prepared for a, a game like that in terms of their systems. 
And uh, this morning uh, we've had uh, comments from John Spencer, the, the, the Lions manager, in which he says that um, they were not given enough time to prepare. Well done, Mr Spencer. I think it was um, about 1993 when we were saying that, in the, both of us in the Sunday Times. So well done, the Lions manager, for working out that three days in jet lag is not, um, is not um, a, a sufficient preparation. But another thing that uh, you remarked upon was one or two of the lines look just a little bit heavy um, at the end of a long season. You wouldn't expect them to be greyhound fit, but did you think one or two of the big fours were carrying a little bit? Uh, I definitely did. I think that we've known for a long, long time uh, that New Zealand's game is built on uh, on really rapid tempo. Uh, the, you know, the greatest speed game, if you like, in the world. So the Lions knew exactly what was coming up here. Wales had been through it last season. Sam Warburton, the Lions captain, said, you know, just I think even on the day of the uh, the squad announcement, he said, look, everybody has to realise in this squad that however many K they're clocking up in a, uh, in, a, in, a, in a Pro 12 or Premiership game, they're going to have to be, you know, be looking at a, a significant increment on that in terms of what's required of them here. Uh, it, it was it was surprising because you would have thought that coming here, the one thing that is absolutely crystal clear is the level of fitness has got to be at its best. You know, to compete against this uh, world champion New Zealand side, it is absolutely non-negotiable. And uh, so it was a little bit surprising. Yeah, I mean, I think some people, and possibly notably the likes of Ian Henderson, and and uh, started well, but 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 tended to fade, and and that was why I made Alan Wynne Jones the man of the match because this great veteran who's played so many games on his third Lions tour stuck it out as well as anyone, and was still putting it in towards the end. But you know, if you're saying that uh, uh, we're already saying that fitness is, is an issue, well, this is as you say, this is not the place to be a, a de degree or two under with your endurance. And I just bring on. Uh, uh, that's on to uh, Super Rugby because Saturday morning um, I watched uh, the, the Crusaders play, uh, unbeaten team, and the pace at which they played was blistering. Actually, a lot of it was rubbish, I thought, because they made mistakes, they were too fast. But do you think that all New Zealand teams here have got the chance now, not so much to outplay the Lions, but just to outrun them? Uh, I, I think that that's probably always been the intention. They've always known that that is the area uh, where, uh, you know, European teams will struggle it's not something that you can just click your fingers and uh, and reach it is a conditioning level that is uh, has been worked at by them for for years frankly so um, but the game in the in Europe is actually faster than they think it is it's not a, a massive quantum leap when you look at uh, at games like for example uh, the European Cup final between Saracens and Claremont is played at a very, very high rate. And in terms of the sheer physicality, that will be one thing that the New Zealanders will uh, will perhaps be less less used to. It's um, it's ridiculous, I think, to make instant judgments in critical being critical of people. Uh, but uh, what about the, the, the pluses from it? Uh, who who sort of got off the lines to um, at least on the front foot? Well, you, you'd say that uh, two of the back rowers, uh, Talupe Falatau at number eight, who of course, you know, with Billy Vunapola's unavailability, uh, there's a large uh, load of responsibility uh, or, or expectation 
on his shoulders. Um, Ross Moriarty had a, a pretty impressive game, although he coughed up the ball a couple of times uh, in contact. Um, in the backs, Ben Teo uh, showed his power and uh, and also his footballing now. He, he, he cuts good angles, Teo. Uh, sorry, I interrupted you there. Um, there's a, this thing about the back three. Um, I mean, I've always been worried about the, the Lions' back three because we know that, um, that, that, that the New Zealanders kick a lot. They kick high. They box kick, chase like chase like uh, Olympic sprinters. Very important for the back three to act in concert to get up off the ground and claim the ball. Now, as far as I'm concerned, we the Lions conceded any number of uh, points and also uh, position because the back three did not dominate the high ball. I'd agree with that entirely. I mean, my comments uh, after the game were that, uh, I mean, Stuart Hogg uh, perhaps is used to, when he makes a break, he's used to uh, it being definitive. That didn't happen here. The scrambling defence from the part-timers in the New Zealand provincial barbarian side was exceptional. They fought for absolutely everything. Nothing was a lost cause. And there were a number of occasions, particularly in attack, uh, where chances were butchered just because they, they didn't expect uh, the, uh, the claws, if you like, of the scrambling defence to be quite as sharp as they were. That's uh, pretty well um, done and dusted with, with that game then. Um, massive week ahead of the tour. Uh, just one other item from uh, Europe, uh, highlights this morning of the French Top 14 final in which Claremont beat Toulon, the, the eternal runners-up actually won. It just made you think um, that uh, we're so lucky in, uh, in Europe because we have these massive stadiums and the occasions are so much bigger. Whereas I think you use the word curmudgeonly for New Zealand crowds. But first of all, uh, your thoughts on Claremont, the eternal bridesmaids. Secondly, the sense of occasion is slightly diminished here because the stadiums are not huge, the crowds are not noisy. Would, that, would you agree with that? Um, uh, ju just going to Cla Claremont first, I, I agree, you know, that their bridesmaids tag uh, has gone on for so long, you thought that they'd, they'd sort of, they'd never tie the knot. Um, they did, thankfully, uh, this, this weekend. I, I didn't feel that they were worthy of beating Saracens in that final. Uh, I thought that the best team won on that occasion, but I'm, I'm very, they're, they're a fine side and I'm very pleased. And, and also, I mean, it's something that we've discussed, their supporters have got to be, you know, among the best in the world. They, you know, they come out rain or shine uh, in large numbers for this, for this side. Very good there. Um, the eternal bridesmaids and tying the knot, we bring you all the best metaphors. Nick the metaphor came. Uh, we're going to let him go now to continue his training program. Uh, but um, just before we do, Nick, um, Tom or I, you were seen driving out of a, uh, an, in a strange car, an establishment called Rent a Dent. Were you hiring a car or entering a stock car race? <laughs> a little bit of both, I think. Um, the uh, the rent a dent is a uh, very much a, a, a feature of life uh, down under, uh, both in Australia and New Zealand. I think it's a great concept. You can pick up an old bagger <laughs> for very little. It wouldn't be the first time you wouldn't be the first time you've done that. But um, let's be fair. Uh, the good news is for rugby paper accountants, Nick is keeping costs to a minimum. Nick, thanks. Selling a little or a lot. 
Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Pretty much. Uh, easy boys, easy boys. Um, uh, from 15, Lee Halfpenny, Jack Noel, Jared Payne, Robbie Henshaw, Elliot Daly, halfbacks, Reese Webb and Dan Bigger. Uh, front row, Jack McGrath, uh, Ken Owens, Dan Cole. Um, uh, two Englishmen in the second row, Mario Toje and Courtney Laws. Um, and then a mix-up in the back row of James Haskell, Justin Tipperick and CJ Stander. The replacements, uh, Rory Best, Joe Marler, Carl Sinclair, uh, Ian Henderson, Peter Amani, Greg Laidlaw, Johnny Sexton and Liam Williams. Stuart, what's the thinking behind this team? There's a few uh, partnerships there that are quite important. I think Gatlin knows that this is probably the first, this is the game that... Uh, Winning is everything. They, they can't afford to travel down to the South Island having lost this one, and they know that. And I think because of that, uh, Keno has got himself uh, a really good second-row combination of the two, which is Toje and Laws, who know each other. At half-back, the team is shaped by the Ospreys, Webb and Bigger. Neither have been on the greatest form, but they know each other's game, and they will be expected to put the Lions in a better place than they were for an hour on Saturday. And in the centre, um, defensive is going to be really important. The, the Blues have got great strength out wide, real pace and footwork. And I think it's no coincidence that Henshaw and Jared Payne, possibly the most experienced and best organised defensive pair of centres, are starting there to nullify the Blues. It's obviously shaping up for Saturday and we know what the next Saturday team is going to be and, and, it, and it, more than I'd expect at this stage you can see what he's thinking is who hasn't played yet George North hasn't played yet 
Jonathan David hasn't played yet. Conor Murray hasn't played yet. Now I think they're all um, in Warren's mind as the likely test starters. There's only one other player who hasn't uh, um, started all or been on a bench yet, which is uh, Sean O'Brien. And um, uh, we know he's been struggling with an injury, so he can't read quite so much into that. I think um, I think the players in this uh, Wednesday team uh, now have to play their way into a Saturday team. I know everything that Warren said doesn't work like that. Everyone gets a chance, and it's, it's an equal uh, everyone on a level playing field from the from the beginning. But I, I just don't think it looks like that now. I think he's. he's the, the Crusaders game is just so massive that I think um, he wants to play his big team against them. One of the uh, New Zealand journalists, uh, Jimmy McCranky, uh, on, the, on the weekend uh, said they're all rubbish. So is this a sort of credibility game as well as a, t- a team to sort of a test, uh, a match to sort of a test team? Well, it's, I mean, it's a massive few days, isn't it? I mean, has there ever been a Lions uh, tour like it where you can go, we're in. If they have two bad games and you're thinking this is on the verge of disaster, I mean, it, it's it, it seems it seems preposterous to say that, but these two games are huge, and, and we all know they could lose the pair of them. Stuart, we did be in the press conference in which Warren was asked about the pace of the game. He kept on mentioning it, and it's almost like uh, we've got to sort of match them with 15 new saying uh, sorry, the Lions have to match them with 15 new saying bolts, <laughs> or actually play like the Keystone Cops. If anyone remembers the Keystone Cops. Is that all that uh, the Lions are here for? Surely it's not uh, pace, it's change of pace? Every time I hear a Lions coach or a Lions player talking about matching New Zealand pace, my heart sinks a little bit. And every time an Englishman, an Irishman, a Welshman or a Scotsman says that, a New Zealander smiles. New Zealand are the dominant team in the world because they have been forcing the rest of us to try and adopt their pace. They are the masters of that, and you can't in the space of six weeks say, right, we're going to take on New Zealand at their own game. All, in, all the Lions can do in this instance is imitate, and imitators will only flatter New Zealand. That's not to say the Lions must play their pace, but they have to control the tempo. New Zealand will want a quick game. From the Lions' point of view, they have to impose their game in the tight, and they have to be able, almost like a sports car, to just stay in a low gear and then accelerate. New Zealand will want to be playing in overdrive all the way. The faster the game, start to end, the greater the tempo, the less chance the Lions have. The more the Lions can sort of bruise around in second gear, and scrum and line out and kick in corners, which is why I was so disappointed Saturday, because they didn't do that, the more chance they have then of really striking and accelerating in that final quarter of the field. Slightly worrying on the weekend was uh, the back three just couldn't control the kick and the high ball. And uh, I think most of the points that um, were scored came from the back three. I was talking to Nick Kane about this earlier. Um, is this back three against Auckland better and will they be safer under the high ball? I think everyone will be better under on, on, in any facet of the game than they were on, on Saturday. Um, uh, maybe Valatau's performance aside, just just for this whole thing that uh, they played after three days. I read one analyst saying that actually your third day after uh, crossing the world is the hardest day to perform. So, uh, so it wasn't like they had three days to get better; they had three days to get worse before improving. So, um, so they, they have to be better. Uh, for me, a really interesting part of that whole equation is. Uh, Stuart Hogg and to what extent he's, he's damaged his copybook from that so next Saturday um, uh, does um, Warren pick, uh, so as we already mentioned he's got, got George North and Liam Williams who have to have a start 
Uh, so does he pick Liam Williams at 15, um, which would suggest that Stuart Hogg's sort of a, 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 in, in problem territory already, or does he put Liam Williams on the wing and, put, and give Hogg another start at the back? I'm glad you said that about the third day because my performance was terrible on the third day of this tour and that was, that, that was why. just going to ask uh, both you guys now, can they win against Auckland um, what, and what are, the, what are the key things that they have to do? Stuart? They can win, it's going to be a tough game. Um, I watched the Blues train today and I spoke to their management and a few of their players afterwards and if I was a Blues fan I'd be a little bit worried because well, we're saying this Lions tour is absolutely huge. In, in this part of the world, Super Rugby is everything, and they see this as a bit of a free hit. They see it as a chance to go out and express themselves. Now, I go back 24 years, and I remember going to places like Napier, losing to Hawke's Bay. They weren't as talented as this team, but they wanted it so much. If the Blues go out and they don't want it, and they just think we're going to throw it around and see where it gets us, we'll just run them off their feet, then I think they will find themselves losing. And I think the Lions have a great chance of imposing their game. And I'll take the Lions by about 18-22. And as Owen says, it really is a game they cannot afford to lose. They can't go down to the South Island with a defeat here. Did you say Lions to win by 18-22 points? No, 18-22, by four. Okay, he's been, he's been accurate, that's all. Now, um, can, can the Lions confound uh, Angus Macbeth, the, the uh, Kiwi journalist who rubbished them on the weekend? Well, of course they can, because anyone who has tried to make any direct um, uh, observations and, and uh, conclusions from Saturday is just kidding themselves. You, if, you, if you think that the way they played on Saturday is a reflection on those players back at home when they um, uh, haven't had just crossed the world, then, then you, haven't, you haven't, just haven't watched anything. So, so we all know the chances are this Lions team is going to be beaten, but we also know that, the, that what we saw on Saturday is not remotely a reflection on the way they are. All I'll say in concluding is it, it's a real game, unlike we had in Australia and South Africa when the provincial games were a denial of the Lions touring ethic. So at least we got a flat out game. Um, just one other, just one other thing, Jones. Did you see the um, the Maori welcome at uh, Waitangi on uh, on Sunday? Yes. Is it true that you have um, been so won over by that that you are now painting your buttocks? That's true, and I'm also gurning and lolling my tongue out as well. Um, I, I think it was slightly, um, if I'm honest, slightly downgraded by the events in, in London, but everybody enjoyed it. Sam Wooden, Warburton spoke magnificently, and uh, I've had enough hackers for a lifetime, but no doubt there's a few still coming. Okay, thank you to Nick Kane and Owen. Just before we go, uh, we're going to bring Nick Kane back. He's going to do a review of uh, the New Zealand sporting press. As always, the New Zealand press are never one-eyed. They're never inward-looking. They always take the global view. And uh, clearly their um, writing ability is uh, somewhere up there above uh, Oscar Wilde, Brendan Bean, and uh, Edith Blank. But Nick, uh, Nick, what headlines, uh, uh, fair headlines, uh, have caught your eye? Well, I thought that it was very balanced stuff uh, on the first weekend. Um, uh, Gats is toothless lions. Coach blames jet lag. Yeah, that's that's very bad. What else have we got? Um, anything else? Yeah, for openers, this must go down as an abject failure. Yeah, that's pretty uh, pretty balanced. Any any others? Barbars give poor lions a massive wake up call, and uh, just for uh, to to really uh, give it. 
absolute balance. Lead-footed tourists strike fear into no one. Is there anyone who's not uh, been written off as an abject failure in the Lions team? Did you, did you spot anyone, or are they 41 utter useless idiots? Well, uh, there was one uh, reference that I heard, which was that um, they may have one victory under their belts, but uh, if they play like that, that will be the last uh, win that they have on New Zealand soil this time round. Fred, that was pretty balanced, and for goodness sake, uh, listen, we're not, we won't be entering any awards this year because uh, the award winners surely are all already guaranteed. Thank you, Nick. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.